All right, three, two, one. How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to Nerd Stuff with Ian 2.0 podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Ian. And today's episode, we're going to talk about the new Suicide Squad trailer by James Gunn. And then we're actually going to talk about the first two issues of the new Suicide Squad series that's being written by Robbie Thompson. I figured it goes in line with our previous podcast that I released on the 6th of April in regards to Suicide Squad by John Ostander. And kind of just the whole theme of connectivity and just kind of looking at old continuity and how it has a bigger influence on the current movies and how, you know, you, there's really characters you would never would have expected to me. So, let's talk about the trailer. You know, you, you get to see some fan favorites from Captain Boomerang and, of course, Harley Quinn and Rick Flagg being the top three really returning people from it. Then, of course, you get some new characters in there that are like King Shark, Polka Dot Man, and Peacemaker. Which very much kind of get my intrigue as to kind of what are they going to plan to do for this. It's definitely very interesting in how is this giant ensemble of people going to work well? Or are they going to not work well together? And you have, in all intents and purposes, to me... Something very interesting that when I talked about with Josh, John Ostander's Suicide Squad, I think he can, I'm, I can kind of tell James Gunn's going to do a good job with it. You know, with a mixed basket of just a lot of people. And it definitely, to me, is going to be interesting just to see in all intents and purposes how he's going to kind of interact and who are the characters that are going to live and die in that movie. Like, for me personally, I think that John Cena is probably going to knock it out of the park in regards to just his Peacemaker and just how he's doing it. But then again, I can also see where, realistically, he's kind of just playing the same dumb character that he has been playing. Where he's a dumb character who's very serious, but he commits to some very dumb acts, like, in the trailer, it's it's a red band trailer, so probably not the best for people under like sixteen. But I mean, end of the day, it's up to the parents if they want to let their kid watch it in regards to it. But like he he there is a whole scene where he just goes in on talking about what he would do for peace. All stuff. And it to me I thought it was funny. And it lines up with how the character of Peacemaker is kind of portrayed in the movie, or in the comic books, even though Peacemaker in the comic books is a little more crazy. Now, uh, he, his whole thing is, <laughs> he will do anything for peace. And he will kill whoever it takes to get peace. And that's his, that's his main goal, that's his mission. And, I like that. I like that for a character they get to involve a guy that, in a lot of ways, he's not your more standard, you know, character you would throw in there. 
you know, he's a guy that's a soldier. He's do he works well within what I think will work for the Suicide Squad movie. And I'll talk more about him in the two the first two issues of Robbie Thompson's Suicide Squad and kind of his whole influence there. Then you have character like King Shark, who's a Flash villain, more or less. Polka Dot Man, who I really don't have as much info on. You have Blackguard. Then you have character of Bloodsport, who's being betrayed by Idris Elba. Now, to me, I kind of found this funny is when I initially started talking about John Byrne's Superman run, in particular, there was an issue where the character of Bloodsport was introduced. Now, the character of Bloodsport, he, more or less, his origin comes from being a draft dodger for the Vietnam War. His brother ended up filling his spot and ended up getting hurt and became paralyzed. He became a paraplegic, and it haunted Bloodsport as a character, and it really drove him crazy, and he, he wanted vengeance. He didn't know how he wanted it, but he wanted it. And he ended up getting influenced or brought in and mixed in with Lex Luthor. He used him as his way to get Superman's attention, just kind of battle Superman. It was kind of an early on John Byrne Superman story. Definitely interesting to read. It's like like one story's done in one issue. And it's interesting to kind of see John Byrne's take on kind of real life issues you know how would a brother of a per how would the brother of a person who was the draft dodger who now his brother filled his spot came back and was just now paralyzed his life's no longer the same how would a guy like that react to it would he want vengeance on everybody or you know is he going to be somebody that is just going to accept that this happened and he, he definitely goes for the ladder where he just, he's mad at everybody. He gets ringed, uh, brought in with the wrong group. That's his original origin. Now, I don't know how they're going to do him in the movie. But it definitely looks like they're going to give him more of the badass John Wick Deadshot treatment, which I know they wanted Will Smith to come back as Deadshot, but I think comp, movie conflicts and scheduling conflicts, something like that happened. So I'm very interesting or very interested to see how they're going to handle the character of Bloodsport, and if he's going to be more of the mainstay going forward, or kind of are they going to do more of the rotating cast of Suicide Squad, which is a real thing they love to do. So I'm going to be very curious to see how it's going to get handled. But to me, I thought it was kind of funny that a lot of the old DC stuff, whether it's John Byrne or John Ostander, they're being brought... A lot of their characters and their stories... They're being reused and revitalized for these newer movies. You know, and just seeing how, you know, whether it's the continuity you didn't know about between John Byrne and John Ostander's, you know, separate runs on Superman and outside, and the outside, or not the Outsiders, and the Suicide Squad, and kind of just seeing how their influence is still very prevalent today. And a lot of people love those stories. And I, to me, I thought it was just a cool thing that kind of came up. But overall, pressure of the trailer, I definitely think they've got some cool moments. 
you know, it was kind of funny just hearing King Shark be like, King Shark is a shark, and just kind of running with that, and kind of just letting him play dumb. Portrayals of him have been very wide-ranged, so I can kind of tell, like, they're going to go more on the dumb route for him, but I guess we'll see. And I'm actually also very surprised they went with the villain of Starro. Because Starro, in a lot of ways, is a very dangerous, you know, villain towards the Justice League. Like, he, he mind controls people. I guess the perfect examples I can bring up is uh, Justice League New Frontier, which was, which was a very good story. I'm trying to remember who did that because it's it's been so long since I've looked at it, and unfortunately, he uh, the guy has passed who did that. Uh, let me look it up real quick while while I'm talking about it. But more or less, uh, if I could spell, <laughs> there you go. But Starro, more or less, he, he started off, even if you go back to the Justice League's, you know, origin story, you know, he he was a bigger, he was a villain. He was an alien that came from outer space that once he attached to you, he would take over. And Darwin Cook, who was the creator of the story, whose artwork they really portrayed, he parents ran with the classic Justice League story. It goes as far back as... You know, even farther past him, even going back into like their 50s and 60s origin of Justice League. And I'm actually happy they're giving us Starro because it's interesting to see. You know, you don't really get to see that type of villain being used. Like, I don't think that he'd be a villain that I could see, you know, Marvel really committing to this purple starfish as a giant threat. And I think that's kind of why James Gunn went with it. But I also think it's a nod to how DC wants, how DC should be kind of trying to take some of their movies forward. Yes, Star is a very credible threat, but at the same time, like he he's a giant purple starfish, an alien starfish. And you know, at the end of the day, like how crazy can he get? And, you know, once it attaches itself to you, it takes you over. Now, besides just the comic book reference, it's also a reference to Batman Beyond when he met the Justice League. And Superman actually ended up getting taken over by Starro along with the rest of the Justice League. And Batman Beyond had to fight him off. He had to battle him. He had to take it to him. And I think that's also a thing for... Fans who watch the DC Animated Universe to, they're like, oh, I know that character. Particularly if you love Batman Beyond, you would recognize that creature. And it begets very interesting in the fact that it's another thing that DC's giving an Easter egg to. It shows you just how much influence DC has had on a lot of people's childhoods, what cartoons they watch, especially if they watch a lot of DC stuff. And to me, I like that. I like the choices they're going with. So, overall impression, I'm definitely going to check it out. I'm excited to see what they're going to do.
and how they're going to portray each character. I I do have my opinions, as you guys heard. I think there are going to be some characters that are going to be more dumbed down. They're not going to be the same as their comic counterpart. But I also get why you cannot just have a direct, serious Peacemaker. And I'll talk more about him and, you know, the issues that Robbie Thompson's written so far. But I think as long as the essence of what core essence of what the character is and people actually like the story and we can get more DC comic book movies out, then I'm happy because I love Marvel and I love what the MCU is doing, but I feel like, you know, Marvel needs a competitor, not just like a I'm lapping you moment, you know, that's kind of where I feel as though DC really kind of needs to get themselves up, especially with how Suicide Squad could really run for a long time. It's not just limited to a core group of characters like the just like the Avenger, like the original ensemble for the Avengers and Justice League were. You know, they can rotate in villains extremely easily. And I think that's one that I personally appreciate that they can do. Now let's talk about these first two issues of the new Suicide Squad. That's coming out. It's being written by Robbie Thompson. So Robbie Thompson is the new writer for Suicide Squad. He's been around for a little while. And he comes out. His Suicide Squad's coming out of the event called Infinite Frontier, which takes place after DC Future State, which DC Future State takes place after Dark Knight's Death Metal. Now, I know that sounds a lot craziness. All honesty, you can actually... If you want to read Dark Knight's Death Metal, you can. But you can kind of skip it if it's something that you don't find as the most intriguing thing. Now, next part I'm going to say is DC Future State. That kind of informs you of what the future of what DC is going to try and do is going to be. You know, they've got plenty of good stories. You have, like, the next Batman. You have, you know, House of L, where, you know, Superman's no longer on Earth, where he's dead. But realistically, he's actually on Mongol's war planet. They have a lot of different stories that I think are interesting. I, in a lot of ways, skipped a lot of those because I was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about DC Future State. I'm not going to jump in on something that I... It looks interesting, but I'll wait till the trade paperbacks come out. And I'll, I'll be open and honest about it with you guys. Because, you know, like I've said before, you know, save your coin, get what you want. And to me, DC Future State looked cool, but I wasn't really going to join in on something that, like, I really, unfortunately, I didn't have something that just didn't look... It looked cool, but didn't have as much interest for me. Because, again, I've seen the same thing with Marvel and DC, where Marvel now, you know, with the Heroic Age, and I've also seen where DC's like, oh, DC Rebirth, DC New 52, blah, 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 blah. You know, I've seen the gimmicks that they've gone forth. And I figured, I'll wait, and if I really want, if there's stories that really catch my interest, I'll just read them as trade paperback, or I'll check them out later. And so I read from there, Infinite Frontier. Now, Infinite Frontier is more or less the the prequel to us getting to the point of where we're set up at, going into 
the current runs that lead into DC Future State. They're supposed to anyways. Things can always change. Writers can always do stuff. But one's supposed to inform the other. Now, for me personally, I ch I know this is sounding confusing because everyone's like, well, that means I have to read DC Future State and I got to read Infinite Frontier. Yes and no. If you want to just get into it just solely based off of you're, you're curious about the characters, like I am a lot of times where I just want to read something new, read a new book, then you can skip Infinite Frontier and Future State and you're fine. Because they're going to inform each other, and if they ask you to you know, read up on them, read it after the fact. But I chose to just jump in on Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad was one that I was like, you know what? I, I like John Ostander, what he's done. Really never got to jump in on most of the other newer stuff with Suicide Squad from New 52 and, and DC Rebirth. So I chose to just jump in on the new. On what's going on currently. And I have to admit. I appreciate. What's coming up currently. And. I thought it was interesting. Especially with you know us getting characters like. You know. Seeing more of characters like. You know Peacemaker and others. You know just kind of. Their involvement. So. The first two issues deal with the Suicide Squad. Being tasked with invading. Arkham. They're there to co collect the Talon, who, aka William Cobb, who is from Scott Snyder's Batman run. Now, the Talon, more or less, is this group, it's associated with this group called the Court of Owls. The Court of Owls is this kind of high society group of people who have infected Gotham, and they're it's more like the rich versus the poor kind of concept. And Town's a very skilled fighter. But he's also, at the end of the day, kind of not the... He's, he's very efficient with it. He's not dumb. He's, he's very long-lived. But that's due to certain chemicals and everything like that that has been mixed into it. This is kind of like me trying to give kind of an interesting way of explaining to him without explaining too much for you guys have to go in and read you know scott snyder's court of owls for his you know batman run definitely suggest it it's definitely good but in case you don't want to go back and read that william cobb that's kind of more or less what he is and they're involving him because they need you know these new they, they want him on the team. That's his, his whole thing right now. And Suicide Squad, a.k.a. Amanda Waller, she always wants, you know, the best people she can mix into her team. And I found it interesting. That was like her goal. And they ended up kind of mixing in her care mixing in him along with character like Peacemaker, who his main job is, of course, he wants to maintain peace at all costs, whether it's killing men, women, or children. He does not care. That that's what makes the character of Peacemaker someone that is extremely deadly and extremely 
you know, he is, he is dead set on what he wants. That's why I said I was very curious to see how they're going to handle his character. Like, I got the fact that they're probably going to have him play as a dumber character with John Cena. Because you don't want to do a character that's that crazy as a very, you know, take very serious character. While in the comic books, you can play around with him and mess with him. A little bit. And realistically, I think that Robbie Thompson really brings it back to that. You know, you got to see Peacemaker and kind of him being the leader of the Suicide Squad. Rick Flagg not being involved in it. You know, Amanda Waller more or less, you know, being like, you're the new leader of the Suicide Squad. This is what I want from you, Peacemaker. You need to get William Cobb out. He goes to the small group, and his small group literally gets, like, decimated in seconds due to the fact that there's some new highly advanced Joker toxin going through arguments, killing people off left and right. And Peacemaker and Suicide Squad, they're rushing to get to William Cobb and Talon before this new Joker toxin takes them out too. And they managed to get to Talon, and Peacemaker and Talon ended up pretty much being back-to-back, having to beat up guards to get their way out. And, of course, Amanda Waller ends up intervening. Now, this is a combination of both issue one and two for you guys. Amanda Waller ends up sending in more of her group, who also involve Connor Kent, Superboy. Now, for people who are kind of curious, Connor Kent, Superboy, he comes from, he's pretty much the clone of Lex Luthor and Superman. Lex Luthor genetically cre- like created him. That, that was his plan. So people who watched Young Justice, or people who read Young Justice back in the day, or read Jeff Johns' Teen Titans, or Outsiders, you know, Jeff, but which was done by, uh, oh my god, I'm going crazy right now, Judd Winnick. You got to see, you know, his character and his development. And kind of him questioning himself about whether or not, is he truly going to be Superman or is he not? And because he's, he's more or less a clone of Superman and Lex Luthor's combination. And he's going to have issues with himself. And seeing him brought back, I thought was an interesting choice because now you have Amanda Waller with a Superman-esque character involved. Now, this isn't the first time Suicide Squad's kind of had a Superman-esque character on it. I know in DC Rebirth, they did have General Zod, which was kind of an interesting one I saw. But this, I feel like, kind of makes more sense. Connor Kent hasn't been used. A lot of people have been more on the Jonathan Kent, the actual son of Clark and Lois Lane, and kind of how they're handling him. And I always felt like Connor Kent never really got too much love in regards to it. So I find this interesting for them to kind of bring him back, especially with he's in the classic you know, jeans, black shirt with the red Superman symbol in it. And I thought it was interesting to involve him. So he ends up joining up with Amanda Waller, who more or less has, she's got him hooked up with some stuff. He's got some kryptonite within him that pretty much, if he messes around, he dies. Like that, that's her game plan. 
And Amanda Waller's got now him, Peacemaker, Talon, and a ragtag group of other villains to really mix into what she's trying to put forward. And they managed to get out with, with William Cobb and Peacemaker, and they get him away. Even though a couple, mem- couple more members of the Suicide Squad, they end up getting infected with the toxin. It's all sorts of craziness. But it sets up for a very interesting story with Superboy, who's who wants to save all lives, going against Peacemaker, whose job is he will maintain peace at, at any cost. So he does not care, so he'll kill off anybody he has to. And it's a very interesting dynamic to be played with. You have two very... Even though Peacemaker is not... Is really not the most super powerful character. He's more or less just a, a human guy with just who's just driven to do a certain thing. He, he doesn't care. While Superboy, of course, he's, he's half Kryptonian. So, of course, he's going to outweigh him. And Peacemaker, at the end of the story, he goes up. And he he goes up to Connor Kent, and Connor Kent's like, oh, we could have saved everybody. And Peacemaker just lays him out. He's like, yeah, no. They were already gone before we could have done anything. My job here, I'm the new leader of the Suicide Squad, is peace at any cost. And he looks at Amanda Waller and sets it down. He's like, if you get in my way too, peace at any cost. I don't care. You will be added to that count. And then that's how the first that's how the first two issues end. And I liked it because it's again, like I said, it set the tone for what they want to do with the Suicide Squad, and it gives you a chance to really get that that classic John Ostander feel that I talked about a little bit with his the other day, as well as give you guys kind of a chance to jump in on characters that you normally would not get as much. Screen time for whether it's Peacemaker or if you want to read Connor Kent, Superboy, they're involved in. Or if you're just a big fan of Suicide Squad in general, good way to jump in. Good writing. It's a solid story. It's one that I actually really appreciate. And I was very happy to see see created. And I think it definitely is going to be one that hopefully a lot more people are willing to get in on and they can jump in on it and just have a good time reading it. Because, like I said in the la- my last podcast, Suicide Squad is a ragtag group of people who they don't trust anybody. They don't trust each other. And Amanda Waller is the biggest of the ones that just doesn't care. He doesn't trust you. You you move an inch out of what she feels like is out of line, you're dead. You, your neck gets blown up, you lose your head, and that's it. And I think that's what makes it such a compelling and interesting thing to do. So hopefully you guys like this. Hopefully you guys like, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff. As always, you guys can find me on, you know, Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, you know, Apple iTunes, anywhere you listen to your podcasts. As well as you guys can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Nerd Stuff with Ian, email at Nerd Stuff with Ian, and of course Comics Amino. So that being said, thank you guys for listening and uh, have a great day. Later.